name is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland Podcast. Today, I've got the great privilege to have a conversation with a gentleman who has gone out on his own with a partner and founded a very successful Arizona-based restaurant chain. I have co-founder of Fired Pie, Fred Morgan. If I'm not wrong, you've got 21 locations here in Arizona, and your motto is, you inspire, we fire. Where did that come from? Well, you know, it was part of that whole fired pie experience and, you know, and we, because you build your own and it's customizable, it kind of made sense. And um, so you inspire that pizza and we fire it up in the oven. So, Are you a poet in other places too? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> That's for me, for sure. <laughs> well, so I wanted to start out, you know, because not everybody listens to the whole thing, but you guys get so you have so much drive to give back to the community and you do so many philanthropic things that I really wanted to highlight that. Um, you work with No Kid Hungry. You are doing a bunch of first responder efforts to help out, you know, police officers and firefighters and taking a, a page from your own customization of pies and, and salads, pizza pies, listeners, if you're not based in Arizona, uh, you actually kind of have a customize your own fundraiser type of effort. Talk to me about what drives you to do those things. You know, from day one when we started this, you know, we, we wanted to be that neighborhood, community-involved pizza place, and, and we really strive to do that. So, you know, to have fundraisers to help local churches and kids' clubs and, and schools was really something really near and dear to Doug and I's heart. And um, so that's what we really do. You know, um, someone can come in. It's anything... Mostly 501C, but we always bend the rules, as, as always. If someone has a medical condition or someone's raising money for someone, you know, we'd be more than happy to help. We've done everything from a major, you know, all-store fundraiser to, you know, Phoenix Children's Hospital that we do every year um, or selecting a child that needs help at, at um, Phoenix Children's Hospital to, you know, raising money for bikes for adopted kids, right? I mean, it's it's something that is very important and, and it really keeps us grounded and making sure that people understand that we are a part of their community. And, you know, we hire our managers in that community, our employees in that community. So we really want to make sure that everyone recognizes and really helps each other out. I think that's amazing. And I mean, it, it, it ends up paying dividends back, right? We say the same thing when you do right by your customer, your customers do right by you, right? So you create that, not only are you doing the right thing, but you create an environment where people want to go, um, you know, and you create loyal customers and you're continually helping them out. And I think that is amazing. What's your favorite fundraiser that someone has come to you guys with? Um, we, we did a, a big fundraiser for a church event to send um, some students from um, Chandler and, um, and it was, to, to send them to another country to help out. So not only did we, you know, help the church to get this organization together, but then they went together and they raised more different money, but it not only helped that local community, but it helped someone inside and outside the world, right? So it, it really, um, in a different country. So it really, that was important. And it really, I mean, that was a we did it for two days, and I, I tell you, we had, we had a line out the door almost every day. So the whole community got behind it, and it was really exciting to see. So, you know, the Phoenix Children's Hospital is always a great one. We also just recently did one for, um, you know, hospital staff, first responders, and we've done one for the police, and that, that also was a good 
good turnout. You know, so you know it's you know, we we believe in you know taking care of people that really help keep our community safe. Also, at the same time. Yeah, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree with you anymore if I tried. So I'm going to go way back to the beginning. You have worked in pizza since like the dawn of time. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to hand up the date. <laughs> They're not important. It doesn't matter. But what made you first fall in love with pizza and why have you stayed with it for your entire career? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I... I had a friend I was working with, with a company called Ponderosa Steakhouse, which was Metro Media. And um, early on, and he, he went to this company that just started called California Pizza Kitchen. He left there and he goes, hey, this company's hot. It's cool. It's, you know, it's happening. And I'm living in Chicago at the time. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I went there. They had barbecue chicken. They had pineapple on a pizza. I go, that'll never make it in Chicago. So there's no way I'm going to work for those guys. And so a year later, Ponderosa was on the downswing. And I got the call again to go interview. And, you know, the rest is history. Um, I fell in love with the concept. It was a scratch kitchen. It was, you know, it was hip and cool at the time. Wood-burning oven. Lines out the door. You know, something different that we hadn't seen even in Chicago for sure. And, you know, it was just some amazing food because it was really, even at that time, we're making our own dough, we're making our own pasta, we're making sauces. I mean, it, making our own desserts. And, and so it was it was really exciting. And I, I really fell in love with it and um, stayed with it quite a long time. Um, I was with them for 17 years, came to, um, for Oregano's Pizza here, mm-hmm. and was with them three years, and now... Knocking on uh, eight years with um, uh, Fired Pie. So, uh, you know, pizza's a great thing. And I'll, I'll tell you, um, uh, one of the owners, Rick and Larry, um, of California Pizza Kitchen said, and it, uh, it held true to me for many years, is that, you know, there's no age or race, um, ethnicity, sorry, but that, um, that people eat pizza. Right. It, it is you can from the age of three to one hundred and three from every you can be a vegetarian, you can be gluten free, you can be vegan, plant based. We have it all. So it it, it really is unique that to see the different, um, you know, clientele and guests that come in our door and and just have this love for the food. Right. So it is uh, definitely unique, but it, it really holds true that um you know, it's it's one of the few things that everyone eats, right? <laughs> so. That is for sure. And I mean, every event, right? You know, what are we going to have? Oh, pizza. Okay. And it's always a winner. There's no there's no going wrong. It doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. I mean, that's right. That's right. like kids come out of the womb, they like pizza. That's right. <laughs> it's good for everybody. But you worked, so you, you kind of went through resume-wise, you've worked for other people's restaurants for a long time. What really sparked the decision with you and Doug to go out on your own? And um, not just kind of what drove you to, to do that, but how did you make that leap, right? A lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or wanting to start their own place or their own business. What gave you the courage to really cross that bridge? Yeah, you know, it. I always ran. When I worked for these companies, I moved up very quickly um, in all the companies I was with. And, and one of the reasons that I, my success, I think, is I ran it as I owned it, right? My my belief was it was my money. What would I do if I did that? How would I 
treat people? How would I treat my employees? So it was always, you know, my back of my head, I'm always running these companies as I own them. But I was scared, just like almost anyone else, I think, that in the business really um, is scared to make that big leap, and especially as I moved up in a company and trying to, um, you know, say I'm making this big salary, I got this comfort level, I'm, I'm doing well, why would I do this, you know? And I ask myself that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And so, you know, I had a nice nest egg, and, but my father, who, you know, I, I credit a lot of whatever my beliefs and my mom and dad, and so he's he always said, um, you know, hey, why don't you go out and do this on your own? When you're ready, I'll be there to help you. And, you know, I've never, of course, wanted to, you know, use his money or, or take anything from him. But my my, my whole family and, and uncles, aunts, cousins, a lot of my family's entrepreneurs, right? They own some kind of business or did something. And um, after the last stint I did here in Arizona, I, I thought it was time. I, and I didn't know. I really thought about looking at a franchise and what was I going to, you know, what, what was going to be the next big, I knew it was going to be restaurants. I, I knew I loved that business. And, but after looking at it and trying to think about, do I really want to do franchise and do I want to pay? And as I looked at pizza franchises and I started talking to different individuals, all of a sudden I realized that I'm talking to people that don't even know as much as I do about pizza, right? So uh, it didn't make sense to go out and pay five, six, seven percent off the top and know more than they knew. So um, at that point, um, decided that we would open our own concept and um, pretty quick you know we went from looking at a franchise to opening our first restaurant in less than four months so it was pretty uh, that's pretty fast simple. yeah it was fast and, uh, yeah we, we opened uh, and then we went from one store one restaurant to three restaurants in roughly four months so uh, holy moly you were not sleeping a whole lot during that time no not at all <laughs> That's crazy. I'm going to bebop a little bit. I have so many questions about that. But So four months to open your first place is so short, like to be able to go through kind of all the steps that are involved with opening a restaurant. What would you do differently if you could go back and change something? It's kind of a sneaky way to ask what mistakes do you feel like you made that you'd like to correct. But Yeah. And, and you know, I did my homework. I read a lot, you know, and it was always about making sure you had the right amount of funding, right? And making sure that of course, a lot, everything else I read was um, try never to use your own money, uh, which I, big mistake, right? Uh, mistake or no mistake, right? Because it opened so quickly. But we did use our own money, right? Um, uh, I think my wife, you know, was a little, a lot, didn't sleep more than I did. <laughs> I drained the 401k, drained the bank accounts, and, and really didn't take um, any money from the business for almost a, for more than a year. Um, wow. And so, you know, and we probably could have used more money, right? We had the opportunity to go in to even open more restaurants and do more. And, you know, we were very cautious. So it wasn't a mistake, possibly not getting another a financial investor. But at the same time, it, we had the freedom. And I, I like to have the freedom. I was able to make the decisions. No one asking me, is that location, asking all the questions that sometimes you get, right, from a bank or from a financial or putting their input in. So it was really just us. But, you know, even then, it, I think that the big mistake was 
you know, um, not probably even being funded enough. Um, and number two, I think, um, you know, spending, going more of a gut with locations. I think we, you know, we built up uh, restaurants and made locations work um, because it was the right rent deal. You know, it possibly wasn't the right location, but it was the financially rent deal. And, you know, we, we started, we only did second generations when we started. Second generations, as you know, is a existing restaurant that fit our mold and, you know. And not too much remodeling. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so, you know, it was definitely cheaper, but, um, you know, but there's some, you know, I would say we took C locations, B locations instead of A locations when we first started. So, what do you um, feel like you have split wise now? Um, we're about 50 50, I think. You know, we, we've stayed with some leases and, you know, we've renewed leases that, hey, we, first couple of years struggled, but we built that clientele and, you know, as you know, once you're in a location and the cost of build out and the cost of doing it, um, it's hard to take out and leave that location. Even, even totally. think about yeah, moving to an A location, additional rent, the fight to you know maybe not getting the TI to move all your equipment, the loss of customers because no matter just moving across the street, you lose somebody, right? So, you know, oh yeah. So yeah. Well, and people just don't know that you necessarily moved, right? I've got a I've got a neighborhood bar, if you will, which has been great during the pandemic because we can just walk to it, uh, which is amazing. I've never had that before. Uh, but it used to be another local chain who will remain unnamed. And they really just moved like half a mile away, maybe a mile away. And nobody knows that they moved. Oh, my gosh, didn't this used to be? Yeah, but it's just yeah. down there now. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it. I mean, every day. What's amazing is, oh, I kind of heard of Fire Pie in my neighborhood, right? And I'm, I have a restaurant less than two miles from here, and oh, I didn't know you guys were there. I, I thought you're only in the Fashion Square Mall, or I thought, you know. So it, it's interesting. As long as we've been around, almost eight years, and how many people, with all the PR we do, TV, I, you know, I'm on all the fundraisers. 50% of our customers, which is an amazing number, are first-time guests. Oh, so my gosh. Eight, year, eight years later. That's that's a big number. That's a big number. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, yeah. that's do you, do you do a lot of uh, – so my background before I started Certistar, it was all – I mean, I guess it still is. It's all in data. Yeah. Um, you know, it's selling software and doing analysis and data mining and all that stuff. Do you guys spend much time and effort, you know, really analyzing and, and figuring out kind of those trends? Yeah, you know, I, I don't spend enough time I do with my CFO, you know, and I'm in operations also trying sure. to finance, trying to deal with it all. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, we just got some data. We were doing some um, some um, Facebook and Google um, ads and stuff like that. And we were amazed that we targeted four stores. And, you know, our highest um, number of customer was women over the age of 65 which I would have never figured, right? And that's a that's something that now that's a target audience that we need to go after, right? And what, what their likes are. And, and so, you know, those, those things are really important. And we use reward networks, which, you know, uses credit card data and it tells us how many times they've been in, where they go. And, you know, that's where we use a lot of data. But it, it's, it's, an, it's important to understand that. You know, we are in Arizona, so we are a tourist. Uh, sure. Especially Scottsdale, Phoenix. So... Um, a lot of people come from out of town at this time, but 
50% is still a huge number, even with that. So we have to, you know, we have to understand that and try to work and see how we can get the locals <laughs> to, to try fire pie. And, you know, and, you know, we've had to change our model a little bit and we probably have to change a lot more given the current situation, you know, because mm-hmm. fire pie was movie theaters, shopping, office, right? I mean, and as in today's world, that has really changed. Doesn't exist, yeah. Right? Yep. So, um, you know, as we look for new locations and, and things to do, that, that's going to be important for us to understand who our customers are. Yeah, and how has behavior changed and where will it go back to? Yeah, that's... Yeah. The crystal ball we all need, right? No <laughs> doubt. So so bringing together that pandemic uh, yeah. topic and the technology topic back yeah. you know, to the data, you guys make use of a couple of different delivery services. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the apps. There's been a lot, you know, I'm in a bunch of industry groups and whatnot, and I know that we're kind of ancillary to the to the restaurant industry, but I mean, that's my business, right? So yeah. we spend a lot of time in there. I'm in all these groups. It's really interesting to me to watch the conversations around uh, those delivery apps and the fee structures and how pre-pandemic, the, how the fee structures were really affecting the restaurants. But talk to me about that. You, you've kind of leaned into using technology despite those maybe um, you know negative pieces. How has that helped you or hurt you, especially in the, in the pandemic era? Yeah, you know, I was a big advocate of third-party delivery when it first came out. And, um, you know, I think Uber Eats came to Arizona we were the biggest chain. We had 10, 12 stores. We were their biggest customer starting out right off the bat. And I was talking to everyone, all the friends in the industry saying, this is a great service, you know, the, the, what the percentages were and, you know, incremental sales, incremental sales. Sure. I had four employees on. I got 40, 50 bucks of this order for lunch, 40 bucks at dinner. Hey, it's extra sales. Take out the labor piece. I'm making money at paying 15%, right? Um, but that has really switched it. Where third-party delivery was 20, 23% of my business, it's now 75% of my business. Yeah, and that, that 15 or, I mean, I've heard as high as 30%. That's right. That is, third, and it's higher than that, really. I mean, it's, you know, we get a little bit better rate at 25, but then you have to add in everything else, right? Because mm-hmm. if now you want to be where every restaurant in the world is now jumped on third-party, so if you want to be on that banner app, uh, you, yeah. up, you pay that marketing Dial it up. <laughs> uh, that's $5, you know, yeah, free delivery. We pay that on top of the 25% that, that I'm paying. So, you know, realistically, it's not profitable. Right. Honestly, it's not. Uh, because now I actually have people on shift just to handle third party. Right. So now it's not, you know, it's not it's just. It's not same body as uh, incremental revenue. Right. Right. It's not incremental, exactly. And so then I had to also go get out more technology to help because we're so busy on third party. So now I have to have another third party company to take all four iPads and put it into our POS system. So it's feasible for us to put all those orders out that all come in every day at 6.30 to 7.30, right? As soon as you turn that bad boy on, right? <laughs> That's right. So, you know, and so we have to have the orders and make a print and not have someone stand there writing. So that's another fee. I have that company work with our POS, that's a fee. So, you know, it just all adds up. And, and, and I appreciate we have a lot of customers. Oh, yeah, I still order from you. I don't go out, but I still order. I go, if you can, please do the pickup. Order, third yeah. party pickup. It is uh, absolutely. 
Well, and as a sidebar, because the other section of our listeners are food allergic, right? And we won't talk a whole lot about that today, sure. but yeah. in your online ordering, I have to tell you, I really appreciate the fact that you have a, a section where you can really put in notes for every single item individually. Yeah. And that is, from a food allergy perspective, I appreciate you for that because it's very difficult to not, particularly all the third party apps are wildly useless at this. Sorry, yeah. third party apps. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> Call us. Um, but the, the online ordering that you have is unique in that way. Most, most restaurants don't provide that. And so I can really say in there, I need you guys to do this and do that and do this and call me if you can't, and, you know? So yeah. thank you for, for being forward leaning in that way. Yeah. And a lot, you know, a lot of our customers are, you know, gluten free and, and, you know, Hey, we always ask when guests walk in the door, is yeah. it an allergy or preference, right? So if it's allergy, we all change glove and that person manages your food all the way down. Uh, we know to put your pizza on a special pan that doesn't touch the other, you know, pizzas. And so it's important to us, right? And we don't want to get anyone sick at, at any restaurant, but it's of the course. little things like that that I think puts us at the next level, right? Well, we'll talk about that at some point, you know, later. But, yes, you are. Certainly a cut above, and I appreciate it. Um, so just going back over to the entrepreneur side of things, uh, what advice would you give? to other aspiring restaurateurs and entrepreneurs? I think you gave quite a bit in your answers around, you know, kind of what would you go back and do differently? But, and I almost pointed them out. Okay, here's a good piece of advice. But if we had to call something out that would be like the one kind of go-to thing that you would tell somebody, what would it be? Well, I, I would definitely say don't be afraid, right? It is, it's, it's always going to, something's always going to be pulling you back not to do it, but, you know, I would go back and do it a hundred times over again, just because to have the freedom and to have the impact of so many people's lives that, you know, and it's important. If that's important to you and it's just not about the money and you really want to, to make impact on people, and then I would strongly suggest you, you become an entrepreneur because no matter what field it is, you have impact, right? The first time you hire your first employee, the first time... It's you, it's terrifying, that moment. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Very. And that person now depends on you to pay the rent, to feed their kids, to do everything. So, it... But... Fred, you're making me wish I didn't have a soda. Like, I need something stronger. <laughs> it is. But, but at the same time, it's very rewarding when... Absolutely. When you take this employee, hourly employee, and now they're a general manager, and they are so... Funded and they maybe, you know, were bouncing from job to job and now they have a career and can do something maybe that they never thought they could. And they were, eight, you know, started with me 18, 19, and now they're 20 years old and general manager doing of a $3 million restaurant. That's that's a big deal, right? And so, you know, that's a good feeling. That's, 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 See, that's good. You and Doug both moved up in the organizations that you were in. You were hired for your jobs, if you will, internally. Is that something that you look for now intentionally? Absolutely. And That's not awesome. is the most important thing to us. We we, we just promoted uh, uh, someone that started with us in Arrowhead two years ago to a general manager of our Scottsdale store. You know, it's, most of our managers come through promotions. We had a growth spurt there where we had to hire outside because sure. we, weren't, we didn't have the time to spend it to train internally. But... You know, we went back to that and uh, really spending a lot of time developing our ship leaders to become 
uh, managers. And when we get out of this pandemic, that you know, we all have a group that we think that we can take to the next level and and become general managers and all promotion from within. And that really, you know, we know even from history that they're more loyal, they stay longer. You know, it's there's a lot of statistics on the promotion from within, and it really means um, it is true. So. Well, and there's a, a personal connection, right? And they care more when you promote somebody. Not that outside hires can't be great, but there's that. You mentioned loyalty. It's um, there's kind of a I don't know if you, I had another episode with Andrew Kolakoff, who's a local entrepreneur, and his whole shtick, if you will, is gas. Give a shit. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. But but when you have an internal promotion, that's really the factor, right? That, yes, I I care. Right. right, and that comes through everything they do all day. Yeah, yeah, they have a personal connection. This is their fired pie. This is they started as a, you know, as a prep person, or they started as just a cashier. Now they're this is your general manager, and you know they yeah. have the knowledge too. You know, so it's a it's a great it's a great and it's a great feeling, right? So um, you know, we I love have that. It the other way. Yeah. So I told you I was going to bebop because I had a bunch of questions about, and, and we've kind of gone off on a bunch of little tangents, which is great. Yeah. But uh, going back to opening that restaurant in four months, yeah. both of you guys are, are kind of more on the operational side, but it seems like you do a lot of the recipe development. Do I read that right? Yeah, I do. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, I, again, my I've been poking around me. doing my research. Yeah, that's it. There you, I, you're so shocked that you, that was, I did that. Yeah, you know, Doug throws his stuff in there once in a while. But, you know, I, I look at trends, right? And that's the great thing about pizza, right? That, um, uh, you know, whatever the hot trend is, and, you know, we just came out with Nashville hot chicken pizza. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, you know, it's Nashville hot chicken is the hot new food trend now, you could say. So, you know, and it's easy because really. It strikes me uh, near in my heart because I went to school in Nashville. Oh, did you? Oh, wow. That's cool. I love that. Love Nashville, by the way. Right. Great city. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, um, uh, a pizza is really just an open-faced sandwich, right? So anything that you really can think of that, especially a sandwich, can really be made into a, so, you know, yeah, the Mediterranean I, we came up with, which was, you know, last year, Mediterranean was a hot, you know, food and how that's it, it was so popular as a limited time offer, we, it, it made the menu, you know. So we have a lote pizza that uh, we actually, that one was helped by um, a, a chef brought that to us. But that, you know, that pizza is so popular, we brought it back three years in a row, and it probably will make the menu now. So it's exciting, but yeah. So obviously you like to cook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? I do, I do. I'm more of a barbecue guy, you know. I like to do a lot of barbecuing, uh, but I do like to cook, I do. I don't get to do it as much. Anymore. Do we need to look out for fired pit? <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. You can have it. <laughs> fired pie, fired pit. That's right. Yeah, so Doug is... Pookies and mac and cheese in common. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All you need. <laughs> but, you know, Doug really runs uh, operation, and we brought our regional director on that used to work for me at California Pizza Kitchen. Um, recently to free up more of my time um, to spend more on the financials and, you know, the... Administrative. Yeah. <laughs> but, so yeah, you like to cook. You like to do the recipe development. What else do you like to do or what would you like to learn? Uh, there's a couple Take work out that, of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a couple of things that I've always... Um, Thought if I ever had the time, I would definitely traveling more of the world. I did a lot of traveling mm. 
local. I was a California Pizza Kitchen in the United States, but I really want to do world travel. And, um, you know, I'd like to spend a little bit more time with the fam. I, you know, uh, I'm out here six days, seven days, so um, I just had a new grandbaby. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, thank you, and she's in Chicago. So um, I was supposed to go for Thanksgiving, but, you know, given the... Can't do that. Uptick, yeah, I couldn't do it. So, you know, um, ideally that's what I'd love to do, and, um, uh, you know, Doug and I are, you know, we've been, I've known Doug with California Peace Kitchen forever. We, we spent a lot of time, we're both big sports guys and um, love to spend time um, not only, um, you know, watching sports, but going to sporting events a lot of time. So um, whenever we get a chance to do that, we definitely do it. Nice. Uh, so as we wrap up, can you let our listeners know where they can connect with you and Fired Pie online? Sure. Yeah, we're firepie.com and um, my email is um, on there. You can either try info at firepie.com. And that comes directly to me, and um, or further clarify. They like to directly email me, but that all comes comes to me. So if you haven't been there, you have to go because it is amazing. Uh, a shout out to the mac and cheese because that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like to wrap up all of these, and you are a super interesting person. So I think that these are going to be great. Like to wrap all of my episodes up with two truths and a lie. So two things that are true. One is not in not in that order. We're not going to tell them which one is the falsehood today. They're going to have to connect with us online and find out which thing is not true. So Fred, take it away. All right. Hmm. Two truths and a lie. So, um, well, let's see. I, I've been skydiving before. Um, I once almost died on a ski lift. Oh my gosh. A ski lift. Um, and let's see, another one would be, um, I've been in the restaurant business for over 43 years. Holy moly. I thought it was going to have something to do with heights, like the first two. So <laughs> listeners, if you would like to know which of those things is not true, uh, please give us a shout on any of the social media platforms or in the comments on it in your favorite podcast platform. Fred Morgan, thank you so much for being here. It has been an absolute ple absolute pleasure, and I can't wait to be back inside of a fired pie. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Thank you. Listeners, let us know what you think, and thank you so much for being here. Give us a follow, again, on your favorite platform for podcasts or on any of the social medias at Shandyland. Talk to you soon.